Lord, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you tonight for your grace, for your mercy, your love, and your kindness. Thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. God, we love you because you first loved us. Grace and mercy has met us one more time, and we give you the glory and honor and praise for all things. God, you said in your word, in all things, give thanks. We thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made, God, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for providing. Thank you for giving strength. Thank you for giving the assurance that you are God and you are handling and taking care of everything. And we bind the hand of the enemy now, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is against you. We stand against you now with the authority of Jesus Christ now. You're under our feet, and God, we bless your name now. Now, God, use me as a conduit to bless your people tonight. Send a word through me to feed your people. And I thank you now, God, for this time of living the word with Pastor Clay. We thank you now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. May God smile upon you. We do praise God for each and every one of you that are here, and um, thank God for another session of living the word and with yours truly pastor clay so let's go on to your word let's go into the word tonight get your bibles get your bibles my brothers and sisters get your bibles um will you go with me to uh, chapter 13 of the book of Romans. I want to look at verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to look at Romans chapter, same chapter, verses 13 and 14. Um, and I would like for your Bible study to study, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, them are supporting scriptures. Um, Hebrews 11 and 8, St. John 6 and 38, and we'll pause there and we'll come back to it. So um, we want to begin tonight with um, verses 1 and 2 of the book of Romans, and we'll jump down to verses 13 and 14. You have your Bibles? You ready? All right. This is Romans 13 and 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Verses 13 and 14. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust of thereof. Would you underline 14b, which is make not provisions for the flesh I want you to underline that. Make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 
on tonight, I, I did a uh, lesson and I want to add to that. It was been a while ago, but I want to deal with incorrect church thinking. Incorrect church thinking. The scripture that we read, my brothers and sisters, will support the lesson on tonight. My, my goal tonight through this class, through this lesson, is to let you understand that The wrong type of thinking can hinder not only our spirits, but the lifestyle in Christ Jesus. The wrong way of thinking. God dealt, God deals with us with, in four areas. I've talked about this so much, but I want to make sure that we're landing this airplane. He works with us through promise principles, promise principles, problems, and provisions. Can I go quickly and just hit out, hit the area of a of problem? And I'm, I'm, of course, I'm going to deal with um, and talk about is the Israelites. Um, but I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. Do you have it? All right. Let's look at what the scripture says. If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Well, when you look at the wilderness experience, the wilderness experience, that journey, praise God, that um, was a test case for each and every one of us. My brothers and sisters, when we really go back and look at the things that happened in the wilderness, that's a test case for us. Look, so many of, of the things happened. So many things happened and, and the people were being unraveled in their spirit. They was grabbing onto things that wasn't there. They um, they tempted God in the wilderness. They tried God. They tested God. So the writers of the New Testament 
use that same experience as a pattern for all of the believers because of the promise. Now, I if if you look at well, stay with me. Stay stay with me. Turn turn to First Corinthians. Mm -hmm. And I want you to look at First Corinthians, um, chapter fifteen. And let's look at verse 58. When you have it, say amen. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Watch this now. In the Lord. You can labor and your labor is in vain when you're laboring for yourself. For selfish. Selfishness. Selfish ones. So what, 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 what is. What is the purpose for us today. What's the purpose of being a Christian? What, what's the purpose of living saved? I, I often say, and I tell, I don't just say it, but it's the truth. This is the gospel truth. The reason why I'm living saved is because I want to make it to heaven. That's the reason that I'm living saved. I don't know about you, but the reason why um, I have given things up that might have pleased my flesh. The things that I've turned away from because um, when the Lord told me and told us as believers to come out from among them and separate ourselves. A lot of things we did, for what reason? I'm living this life to live again. So we understand that the enemy is always pressuring us to compromise, to conform, and quit. Help me say compromise, conform, and quit. That's what he's all about. He wants you to compromise. How long have you been saved? How long have you been living for the Lord? How many things that God, how many things that you've been through that God brought you through? How many things that you went through and God brought you through? You mean to tell me all of that? You want to compromise it now? Hmm? How about conforming? Scripture tells us be not conformed to this world. Conforming, conforming. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. That brings us into the lesson. Incorrect church thinking. 
thinking. Do you not know that we are, listen, whether we believe it or not, we are daily being pulled in one way of thinking or another. Your own body will cause you to think differently. Listen, watch, watch this. Praise Jesus. Your own body will challenge your faith. You, your flesh will challenge your faith. And you will challenge yourself. Is God going to give me the breakthrough? When we hear the scripture says, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. But your flesh says, you know how much pain you are. You, you know how much pain that you're in. You yet going to believe God? You've been fasting and praying for the same thing. Are you going to believe God? You in your flesh will challenge your faith to make you can conform into a different way of thinking. And please, my brothers and sisters, don't, don't, don't look at what, what we think of other people's prosperity. Can I put a pin in that? Let me, let me help you out. The incorrect church thinking. It's, listen, if you cannot be faithful or a good steward over $50, why are you praying for God to bless you with a thousand? Does that make good sense to you? If you can't handle $50 and you're asking God to allow you to handle a thousand and then get an attitude that doesn't come your way, incorrect thinking. What others have, it may not be for you. Well, scripture says that money answers all things. Yes, that's, that's the word. Uh-huh, that's the word. But the love of money is the root of all evil. So let's, let's, let, let's, let's look at a few things here. Do you not know that to really reap the fullness of the things that God has for us, my brothers and sisters, we, we, have, to, we have to really grasp the promises of God. Huh? All that is promised by God, word, God has already begun it in our lives. We can see it manifested. But there's something that comes in that our, our thinking will shift. Our thinking will shift from believing God and receiving the promises to um, what do I have to do? Well, my brothers and sisters, there's some things that we must work on. This is the, when we have that give and take, 
God has promised us certain things, but then he, he let us know what it takes to receive that thing. Go back to the promised land. The Lord promised the Israelites a promised land, but they were caught up in what they had to do to subdue it. Do you really think, watch this one, do you really think that when God blesses you that um, you don't have to do anything? Some things you have to do to receive God's blessing. huh? Since God promised it to us and all of the New Testament writers understand the pattern that God has for all of us, which is receiving, understanding, standing in the problem, and then finally entering into the provisions. All of these are laid out. So God said, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead you into a wonderful land flowing with milk and honey. Now, for us, when we accept Jesus Christ, God has promised the same thing. I will lead you into a place of abundance or abundant blessings. The same promise, watch me now, well, praise God. The same promise that God promised an Israelite to go into the promised land and enter into, we have the same promise, but it's through Jesus Christ. In Christ fulfills the abundant blessing. So when it looks, when we look at the way of thinking, it, it is not an accident. The way we think. Stay, stay with me now. Get your Bibles. Go turn, turn back to Genesis chapter three. Do you have Genesis chapter three? Okay. Now, what, what I want you to look at in Genesis chapter 3, let's look at um, the first mm, couple of verses. I'm not going to read it all to you. Now, in verses 1 and 2 in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, it talks about the shrewdness of this animal. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Uh, now, as we read it, it looks like that at one day he talks to the woman and he said unto the woman, yes, have God said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden. Let's look at the thinking now of Eve. Let's look at the way she's thinking. The enemy comes up with this conversation. If you notice, well, praise God, Eve did not start up the conversation. Satan comes to her with this conversation. A light should have went on with a lot of people tonight. The enemy will come to you 
and try to change your thinking, he starts up the conversation. He creates a conversation and then he throws it into your lap. And if you are thinking incorrectly, then he'll know it because then that is the beginning of twisting what God has said. Huh? Let's look at let's look at the scripture. Are you, are you with me? And he said unto the woman, Yes, have God said you should not eat of every tree in the garden. Now he's starting to twist it because now he's playing mind games with Eve. Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit in the garden? Did, did, did God really say that? Did God say that? And drawing her in. See, that's why the Bible says, rebuke the devil, he'll flee from you. A lot of our incorrect, incorrect thinking happens because you entertain the enemy. Well, I don't really want to mess with you, but that last thing that you went through, just think about hindsight now. What if you would have nipped it in the bud and rebuked the devil from Jump Street? You wouldn't have to go through that waterfall of events that you had to go through. If you only had told the enemy from the beginning, saying the Lord rebuke you. Incorrect thinking, it comes to you. You don't go to it. It comes to you. What does that mean, bro, pastor? He brings it to you. Huh? Now, let's look at the conversation here. The woman responds in verse 2. Are you following me here? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. You see the S on the trees? But Satan is not interesting, interested in the trees that Eve knew about. He already had it positioned and he had the place where he wants now to trap her in her thinking. You see, in verse two, it says trees, right? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Right? But verse three, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, don't eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, touch it and die. But now Satan goes back. Now follow. Now watch this. He goes back and brings up death. Can y'all put a pin in that? Well, praise Jesus. Somebody just start praising God right about now. Praise God tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about incorrect church thinking. If you notice, I just put Eve in the church, right? <laughs> Watch this here. Satan goes back and brings up to her trees that are good. 
And then he brings into her about um, that you should eat of it and you should not die, lest you die. What does she know about dying? What did Eve know about death? Death wasn't even invented yet. Did you hear what I said? Let me tell you why death wasn't invented. Death wasn't invented because Adam was made to live forever. That's the natural death. Now, how in the world could Eve know about a spiritual death if she couldn't understand the natural death? This is the ability of the enemy. He's able to take what you don't have, huh? but you want it, and twist it to where he'll twist the way that you think. Well, you know what the, what the scripture that says about this? Um, Satan is a accuser of the brethren. Nine day, he's always accusing God's creation. Well, so, so, so let me let me go back. In verse four, the serpent said unto the woman, "You shall not surely die." For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then what? Your eyes shall be open. And you shall be as God, knowing good and evil, right? So if you look at 5b, good and evil, she had nothing, she didn't have an understanding of what good and evil was. Because his scripture says, which we know, that tree was for good and evil, understanding. She didn't know good and evil. What she was given was not to. Don't figure it out. Don't try to uh, 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 um, get deep. You know, don't go to 1-800-PSYCH, you know. Don't call somebody at midnight and try to, because listen, some things you don't have to figure out. When God says no, that means it's over with. That means you leave it alone. But incorrect thinking will bring you to a place that you will even challenge what God says when he says no. Touch not, handle not, and taste not. What else do you need? But incorrect thinking puts you in the place that you will demand an answer. Did you hear me? Incorrect thinking will put you into a place where you demand an answer. Now, my brothers and sisters, it's not what you, it's not because you ask God. It's how you ask him. Huh? So now what watch this, watch this. If you look at verse 6, do you have verse 6? Now, verse 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, put a pin in that one. She didn't know it from the beginning. God said the trees. But he told them, don't eat of this particular one. 
Now watch, watch the psychic of the mind here. Don't touch this tree is off limits. But look at the other trees and go ahead and eat whatever you want to. So your focus is on what is good. Follow me? So the Lord talks about, think on these things. Not your problem, not your difficulty, not of what you don't have, but think on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever things are honest, whatever things are good to report. Think on something that's going to elevate how you feel and bring your emotions under subjection. Huh? The trees for, her, for them to eat were good. But now Satan twists, he brings the conversation to her, and now she's focused on what she shouldn't do. Huh? The incorrect church thinking. All along, the tree was there, and the instruction was, leave it alone. So she didn't focus on that one. But as soon as Satan brought it to her and put it, blew it up, made it bigger to where she turned from what was right and she headed for what is wrong. Incorrect thinking. And that's what we do today. The enemy will blow up the thing that we shouldn't do and instead of us believing that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, we will focus on the negativity of what's happening in the church and with people and now is blown out of position, is bigger than what it is, and you can't see the good in God, but you can see everything that's ugly. Y'all believe that? If it's happened to you, just come on and say, Lord, help me today. Lord, help me today. And I believe you. The incorrect thinking. Listen, that verse 6 says, go back to it. And when the woman saw, wait a minute. She was told what not to eat up. She was shown where it was at. But now, why is it a big thing? And it says that she saw the tree, it was good for food. Huh? And the Bible said, and uh, not only good for food, but was pleasant to the eyes. And it was desirable. Isn't that the trick of the enemy? It's pleasant to the eyes. It's the desirable. And it'll make you wise. See, the things of the world. The Bible says if you're going to love God and hate the devil or love the devil and hate God, you can't serve two masters. So we have the God of this world, which is mammon. What, what, what is it? it? It what? It looks good. It's pleasant to the eyes. It's desirable. Uh, this thing you're going to do is going to make you wise. And it says she took it and ate and also gave it to her husband. And that day they died. Now, I believe you knew that I wasn't going to leave death out, right? 
They didn't die. Well, they died the spiritual death first. Then comes the natural death. But spiritually, they were dead. Now watch me now. They were dead spiritually, but their eyes was open naturally. You can be spiritually dead and know everything that's going around and looking. You look and see everything. See, you can tell when you're spiritually dead because your, 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 your thinking is off when you're spiritually dead. You won't see nothing good in nobody when you're spiritually dead. You can't see the good even when you're going through when you're spiritually dead. Huh? Incorrect thinking will kick you out of the garden. Will you help me say incorrect thinking will get you kicked out of the garden? My brothers and sisters, the enemy will bring stuff to you. And the thing that you know you shouldn't be doing and should have, oh, that's when, that's when he works with you. Do you have that? Watch, watch this. When God deals with us today, God gives us, my brothers and sisters, a straightforward, conditional statement. What is a straightforward and conditional statement that God has? Well, here it is. If you will do this, I'll do that. Huh? If you do this, I'll do that. That's, that's called, in theology, that's called objective propositional revelation. Propositional revelation. Meaning, if God, if you do this, I will do that. It puts you into a position to receive the revelation of God. Productive position. A position that you can receive and embrace the promises of God. God's principle of God, which is understanding God's principles. And it'll also help you to understand that going through the problem with the right thinking always has the ability to bring you out on the other side victorious huh, and glorious. Can you say, help me say victorious, victorious. and glorious. glorious. When you know that God, Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I will not forsake you. Whatever happens, I'm going to be with you even until the end of the world. And we have to think on these things, huh? And knowing that God is. Can you praise the Lord one more time? So, this, 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 the wilderness journey, the wilderness experience, and the conditions that they had, my brothers and sisters, um, they're great. Um, God will do it for us. Go, go with me. Go, go with me. Let, let, let's look at 
um, a familiar book to the believers. Um, what do I want? I want Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. When you have it, say amen. Listen, when we look at faith, here, here, here we go, here we go, here we go. Well, brother Pastor, why, why does everything connect back to faith? Do you not know the way you're thinking is based on your faith? Huh? What 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 does what does what does faith do? What does faith do? Faith takes you out of the way you think and it forms a frame around the position that God has for us, the propositional revelation. It frames us in that area to where we really will Believe God. We have so we have so many people in the faith family that their thinking is um, is out of sort. People believe that, or they they they, however they feel, whatever condition that they're in, forms the way that they think. Now, I, I understand now, now, now hear me out. I, I teach this so much. Understanding helps you to process what's going on. But it doesn't mean that you have to agree with it. See, when, when you understand, it helps you to know, and especially in the faith family, why am I going through? Well, we as born-again believers, there's a lifetime of going through or being tested, being tried. And I hear, I hear the Bible talking to me, and it says, for the sufferings of this world will not compare to the glory that we are about to receive. Well, praise God, somebody. Huh? So, what does faith do? Faith, faith. It says that Hebrews 11 and 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and uh, he went out he went out not knowing whether he went his faith says move have you ever when the lord gave you a sign showed you spoke to you your spirit agreed God told you to move. God told you to put legs on your prayer. 
What do I mean by legs on your prayer? When you pray, when you pray to God, let's put some action behind it. When you pray, believe God. See, the incorrect thinking will cause you to doubt God. And when the Lord says move, you don't move. Do you not know that God is such a timely God? And living in Christ, living this life, it's on God's timing. Some of us have really missed the timing. You move too slow or you went too fast. And either one of them puts you into that thinking mode to where you miss what God was telling you to do. So the Bible says that Abraham, when God called him to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, the place where he went out, he was going to inherit it, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. My brothers and sisters, the wrong thinking will cause you not to even get, out, get up out of your bed. The wrong thinking will cause you maybe not even go to a doctor. Oh, here we go. Well, I believe in healing by faith. I believe it too. I believe it. But I believe also too that you should check upon yourself. Why? Because your body is a temple. God wants to use you holistically, body, soul, and spirit, and we don't need any hindrances even in our flesh. So God gave the doctors the ability to do what they do. And whatever the doctor says or whatever they do, God yet is the one that gives the healing. Huh? So there's times that we must check and make sure that we're healthy enough. So when God says move, we have the ability to move. My brothers and sisters, do you not know that a lot of the our ailments and things that we face could have been avoided? Doctors would tell you some of this stuff that you're dealing with now could have been avoided. Huh? So, well, you know what? I better take it first because I, I, I kind of feel somebody's spirit pulling on me. Listen here. Since we know that Jesus is a healer, right? With the stripes, we are healed. Is that correct? So, if you're not sick, you don't need to even believe in the word of the Lord. When the Lord says, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders, knowing that there's going to be some folk that are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, that will get sick. Somebody's going to get sick, and they're going to need a physician, right? Since the Lord, God is a healer, huh? If you're not sick, you don't need God to heal you, Right? But when the scripture comes so clear and it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. We're going to be afflicted. The enemy will come with the wrong thinking and have you not even doing what you're supposed to do for your healing. Well, let me take it a step further. 
Do you remember that Hezekiah? Oh, I'm eating up my time. Tonight, I'm talking about the incorrect church thinking. Do you remember when, praise Jesus, when Hezekiah was sick? The Bible said he was sick. Watch, watch it now. Hezekiah was sick. What? Yeah. He was sick unto death. And God told the prophet, Isaiah, told the prophet now, go to the king. Go tell him to get his house in order because he's going to die. Right? So the prophet gives him the word. Now, being on his deathbed, sick. And God said his sickness was unto death. Is that right? He turns his face and he talks to God. Now, incorrect thinking will make you feel like, listen here, there's no hope, there's no use. I've, I'm, I'm feeling the sickness. I'm seeing my body deteriorate. And the word of the Lord has came and said, you're going to die. Now watch this one. Put a pin in that part. I'm going to come back to revisit it in just a second. Stay with me. The Bible said it's appointed to men to die once and then the judgment. All of us are going to die. But do you not know you can push the wrong button and kind of speed it up? So God has given us the ability to rebuke death. I wish I had somebody talk back to me. God has given us the ability to rebuke death and your faith, the right thinking, even though you might be sick and afflicted, my God today, you can believe God. And when you touch God, because why? God's promises, God's provisions in the midst of your problem with the devil meant for evil. The God that I serve is able to turn that thing around. You believe that? Put a praise on it, somebody. Well, praise Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm talking tonight about the incorrect church thinking. Uh, now, if you go back to Hezekiah, and I think I'm going to just take a pause real quick. If you go back to Hezekiah, and the Bible said that he prayed and God heard. Now listen, let me just give a holler out. I haven't hollered at some of you in just a long time. So let me take a, just a quick minute and give you a shout out. Let's see here. Shirley Ann, God bless, God bless you tonight. Missionary Williamson, God bless you tonight. Praise God. All right. Let's see here. Um, oh, yes, I see you. Well, praise Jesus. Right. Let's see here. I want to miss. Oh, you, you, oh, you, you, you're talking to me. Yeah, I see you're talking to me. I was trying to catch. And listen, and while and, and while I'm here looking, if you have a question on something that I've said tonight, can you uh send it over to me, and I'll try to deal with that before I close. All right. I see you're you're doing more talking than you are. But I can see. All right. So Hezekiah, praise Jesus, turns and he talks to God. Now, 
The Bible, the Bible didn't say. He said, but the right thinking changed the mind of God. Huh? What did God do? Some of you Bible students know what God did. God gave him Isaiah after he pronounced, gave the message, sent the word. Isaiah turns and carries himself back out the door, down the corridor, through some gates and out just to exit the building. Before he could clear the residence, God, between the time of the pronouncement, between the time of delivering the message and he is leaving, the prophet is leaving from the man's prayer. God heard his prayer, connected and said, go back and tell me. Turn around, stop, turn around. Go back and tell him, well, praise be to God that I'm going to give him 15 more years. Now, put, put a pin in that one. Now, I would never just say he wasn't going to die. But will you tell somebody, but not today? Or oh, somebody with a praise on it, somebody, not today, not, not today. See, when you have the incorrect church thinking, the enemy will tell you what's the use in seeking God. Well, again, if you look back at the wilderness journey of the Israelites and that example of that test case for us, huh? That's what brings us back to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. Will you, will you go back in, in my few minutes that's left? Go back with me one more time to Isaiah uh -huh, chapter 1. And I want verse 19. I hope you didn't. Uh, let me see here. I hope you didn't. Uh, all right, let's, let's, let's go three verses above, okay? Um, wash you, make you clean. Put away your evil, the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Thinking, the mind. Learn. To do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widows. Verse 18, now come, now let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, if ye be willing. And what? Obedient, you shall eat. The God's, God said, if you would just only obey me, you're going to have plenty to eat. And I, I had a comment there, but I, I'll say that for, for myself. You have plenty to eat, 
But if you turn away and refuse and refuse to listen, that means you're not thinking. Your, your thinking process is off. Why would you reject a blessing? You ever heard of, I know I stopped in the middle of a sentence. I'll finish it. Yeah, have you ever heard of, heard of Meals on Wheels? That's the ones that deliver to the elderly. <laughs> you, you ever seen saw Blessing on Wheels? God got a blessing that's steaming, right-headed, right for you. Actually, it's, it's, it's done, it done went past the speed limit. Huh? It's headed, your, it's headed right for you. But last time, you missed it. But Pastor, how did I miss it? Your thinking caused a blowout for your blessing. It couldn't reach you because of the way you thought. huh? But when your thinking is developed, when your thinking comes in, when you understand that you can receive the promise of God, when you can understand the principles of God, when you can understand that I'm about to enter into the provisions of God, even though that I might be standing in a problem, God will not leave me. Huh? And then listen, last but not least, my brothers and sisters, the Lord does not have to take you out of the problem. He can bless you right in the problem. Let me get one more, one more scripture, if you allow me. I think I want... Uh, if I didn't do it, St. John, can I go to chapter 6? And can we look at verse 38? Huh? Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Wait a minute. The incorrect thinking. The incorrect thinking will make you push away your destiny that Jesus Christ had already sent to us. Our life and our strength is in Christ. Huh? I proved to you in the Old Testament in Genesis. Um, the way we think. The enemy will change what is true, what is pure, and cause you to think in a different way. You not know that you will allow somebody to come and vex your spirit and change the way that you're thinking. Why? Because you're not for sure or even what you see. You remember Adam and Eve, their eyes was open, but their spirit was dead. They cause death in the spirit, which translated to death in the flesh. When you have the spirit that is dead, when you have the flesh is dead, my brother and my sister, the only way that that person can be resurrected, you have to receive the hand of God and receive it with the promises attacked. So as, as I close out tonight, this session, Living the Word, 
I want you to understand that incorrect thinking, again, can hinder your spirit. It can stop the momentum that God has given you. And that person, you can see the joy is lost. The peace is gone. And I don't know if you're here tonight or, or if you that are viewing us, I don't know where, where you're at. And some things will cause you to think differently. But I want you to know that God's promises, what? I have this confidence that if I ask anything, now don't let your thinking run away with you. Now what's anything? That's just what it says. Anything. If you ask anything according to his will, what you're asking must be in the will of God. If you're not a good steward over $50, don't be asking for 1000 It ain't going to work. I know ain't is a bad word, but it's not going to happen. Huh? Don't be fooled by the enemy. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I'm going to put my mind and set my affection on things above and not things down here. I'm going to put on my thinking cap and trust God, trust the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Well, God bless each and every one of you that stopped in tonight. If I didn't get to holler at you, I praise God for each and every one of you. Amen. And um, another lesson, another time, living your word with Pastor Clay. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord smile upon you until our next session. Be blessed of God.